Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. One of my passions in doing this podcast and speaking out like I have been is to bridge mental health and faith. I want to see churches talking about mental health like physical health. We can't do this if we are afraid of it. Oh my goodness, I don't want to touch that. I'm afraid of that. Somebody else can deal with that. No, no, no. We need to tackle this stuff. We need to tackle mental health and ask Holy Spirit to gain wisdom and revelation so we can walk in the authority that Christ intended for us. One of the big hooks that keeps us away from this conversation in churches with mental health is shame. Do you want to know why I think sometimes it's not talked about? Because the head person at a church is uncomfortable with their own shame. They don't have shame resilient skills and are afraid of something that shows up in them. And I would say that this is the same with leadership and businesses as well. Um, Coaches, any teachers, any sort of administration where somebody's in charge. So what happens is they just avoid and they don't deal with it and they will send off you know, mental health stuff to Christian counselors or to the deliverance ministers. This is what churches will do. Well, Christian counselors and deliverance ministries are amazing and we need them, but we all need to operate in this scope and understand what the Bible says so we can operate in that authority. Last week, my episode on Monday was on vulnerability. I'm following up with that episode with shame because when we are bold enough and courageous through being vulnerable, shame may show up. On Thursday, I had an awesome guest, Luke Askew, who shares about his shame, the suicidal thoughts that he had, the panic attacks, the depression, anxiety that he had. And some of you are wondering, doesn't Romans 12.1 say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit? Yes, it does. And we will get to that in this episode. Make sure to go back and check out the vulnerability episode and the episode last Thursday on Luke and how we cannot be awkward, how we can learn to truly walk authentically being ourselves. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. Come Holy Spirit. Be with the listeners right now, wherever they are at. Give them the grace to hear this message and experience transformation in the timing that you have for them. Help them to move past stuckness and difficult topics because of your grace. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Prepare their hearts to hear the real truth in love. Be the mighty counselor and love on your people. Thank you for the power of your blood and the cross that you died for us. Thank you that all lies and shame died when you died. And we are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that is stated in Ephesians. Guide me as I speak to the listeners. You are in charge, and I give you full control. In your mighty name, Jesus Christ, amen. So again, Romans 12.1 says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, 
who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In the kingdom of God, we should be shame-free, correct? I actually recommend a couple books. One is Unashamed by Lecrae Moore, and the other one is Unashamed by Christine Kane. Both have powerful testimonies about how they were able to move out of shame and into the freedom in Christ. Here's a quote from Christine Kane's book. When shame has been pumping through a heart, over time, the heart itself grows toxic. When we are wounded, we leak toxic waste, and that waste poisons us and the people around us. Even when we are completely unaware of it, the reality is hurt people hurt people, broken people break people, shattered people shatter people, damaged people damage people, wounded people wound people, and bound people bind people. The secular world does not think that we can live free of shame. And I actually agree with them. In Romans 12, 1 again, it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we are in Christ Jesus. We will not be condemned. If we are Christian, will we still feel shame? Yes. The second part of the verse says, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So when we leave God's presence and we are in our flesh, we will feel shame or condemnation. Condemnation is disapproving or judging. We can often sense shame when we hear this. The opposite of condemnation is conviction. God convicts us. He does not condemn us because we are in Christ Jesus. So how can we navigate this shame and feeling unworthy? One is that we do need to be in his presence. We need to spend time with God, commune with him throughout our day. Every day, all day, the Holy Spirit is with us. We need to have our minds to that truth and operate with him like a best friend. The other thing that we can do is understand shame and have authority over it. A way to have authority over something is to get it and to understand it. Another way is spiritual encounters where God shows up in a unique way where you are completely changed. I'm going to use Brene Brown's work again because she's done so much research on this topic of shame. She's a social worker and a researcher who originally wanted to find out what makes connection, and she found that it was vulnerability. When we are vulnerable and we are real and it's not accepted or heard with empathy, we can go into shame. She says that shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Obviously, this is a lie and it's from the enemy. But because of experiences and things spoken over us, we can struggle to get to believe this. It's why when we become Christian, the Holy Spirit goes into doing surgery to expose the truth that these are lies. Romans 12.2 says that we don't conform to the powers of this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the renewing is revealing the truth, which is, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. Zephaniah 3.17. I praise you for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms 139.14. You are worth far more than rubies. Proverbs 31.10. My unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Psalms 54.10 I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3 A wall can come up for us to actually stop believing these truths, and that is shame. 
To break it down, we need to get it out. Shame loves to be kept secret. The enemy loves it if you will keep it secret and don't get it out there and think, I just need to isolate myself. I just need to keep this to myself or I need to process this on my own. And as you listen to the show, I want you to recognize shame that you are feeling and I want you to get it out. Write it, speak it, tell it to someone, sing it, scream it. Whatever you need to do to not keep it inside. Here are some questions that you can do to ask yourself to dive in deeper, understanding what your own shame looks like. What are those shame hooks? Think about something that you really want to do, but you are afraid to do it. What is keeping you from doing it? What are the feelings or thoughts that you are experiencing as you think about it? For me, I have heard the fear of not being seen, not being heard, not being loved for who I am, and not being received well or being judged. Allow yourself to go to these answers. One of the things I've recognized is that sometimes people don't even know what words to put to it. What I would say about that is to take time and slow down. And this is coming from somebody who has really struggled to slow down. When I learned that one of the keys of the kingdom of God is be still for I am God. And I was like, oh my gosh, that means I need to like shut up and be quiet and listen to God. How do I do that? So it was really hard for me to really slow down and be quiet to hear in my mind that God's actually speaking to me. It was a very foreign thing. And this is the same thing with yourself. You need to slow down to really hear what is going on in your own head. And a lot of times you're busy, you're quick to jump to the next thing, so you don't have to hear those voices. And I'm asking you to slow down to hear those voices, to hear the lies. Because remember what I said before, shame likes to be kept secret. And some of you are like, but I don't want to open up this box. I don't want to go there. If it does feel a little too scary for you, that is okay. But I'd encourage you to come back when you do feel a little bit safer and maybe do it with a trusted person who can be there with you. So I want to keep moving forward with more questions. What messages crop up for you as you think about taking the steps of following your dreams, following something that you're passionate about and that you really want to do but are afraid to do it? Are you hearing that you can't do it or you can't be yourself or that it's not worth trying so you better just be silent or it's better to not try? Are you hearing any of those messages? Do you find yourself afraid of showing up and being seen because of what people will think? Why? Why not? Allow yourself to get curious about these questions. Now I want you to define shame in your own words. For me, it's the feeling of not being good enough or being unworthy. Some other words I have heard for shame are dirty, nothing, garbage, unimportant, uncomfortable, icky. I'd also invite you to picture what it looks like or even draw shame. All of these, whatever you need to do, gets shame out and it gives it less power. We can often mix up shame and guilt. Shame is I am bad. We focus on the self, not the behavior, with the result that we feel alone and that no one else gets how we feel. We feel alone. Shame will never lead us towards our destiny in Christ. Guilt is, I did something bad. It focuses on behavior. 
Guilt actually can motivate us towards a positive change. It's kind of like conviction. Ooh, I did this wrong. And it can produce a positive change towards repentance and a real change. So there's, there's a purpose in real guilt. Sometimes what happens is we're actually not feeling guilt and we're feeling shame. And so it's important to recognize the difference and there's freedom in that. I pray for you to have freedom in releasing guilt that you don't need to have and shame that actually is guilt. The other self-conscious effects similar that Brene Brown talks about are humiliation and embarrassment. The things that separate humiliation is that you know it wasn't deserved. Where with shame, you believe that it was deserved. So if you are in front of giving a presentation at work and somebody maybe laughs at you, you would feel humiliation if you were thinking, man, that, they shouldn't have said that. That wasn't okay. Shame would be, oh my gosh, I just sucked so bad and I'm so horrible at this. Kind of see the difference there where humiliation, you don't go into a hole of there's something wrong with me, where with shame, you will. Embarrassment is more fleeting and often can be funny. With embarrassment, you know that you're not alone and often you'll laugh at yourself. If you walk out of the bathroom and have toilet paper stuck on your shoe, you'd laugh and think that's funny. That's not shame. Where if you walked out of the bathroom and had bathroom toilet paper on your shoe and go into a hole of, oh, I can never do anything right. I'm so horrible. I'm so unworthy. That's shame. You right now are getting more equipped with understanding shame. I hope that this is helpful for you. Shame is different from guilt, from humiliation and embarrassment. Doesn't unhook it. Okay, what unhooks it is us going deeper and inviting the Holy Spirit in. Now allow yourself to go into places where shame has showed up in your life. Where has shame shown up in your childhood, school experiences, work experiences, current relationships, and also how you talk to yourself? We need to be whole and be brave to truly think about shame in all areas of our life and our past. I think some of you are noticing yourself choking up a little bit and you want to kind of run and hide. That's okay. Just notice it. Allow yourself to be curious about the feelings in your body. I will share with you some shame stories myself so you don't feel so afraid. You'll know that you're not alone. In my grade school, I remember not being included and not being cool enough. Shame would say, I'm not cool. I grew up in a wonderful big family. This is great. But there are also many misses where I didn't feel heard. Shame would say, I'm not important and people don't have time for me. I remember in college, missing home and calling my mom. But at the time, she was too busy to talk to me. Again, shame showed up and said, I am not important. What our tendency is right now is to want to rush into fixing these things myself included. I want to move to the word God says this, but to move too quickly through this to the other side and for me to go to, I am important and people have time for me, for me to speak the truth over these lies. Notice the urge for you to want to do this. This is also a very Christian thing for us to do is just kind of declare the word. And I agree it's what we need to do but not yet. Especially if you are helping other people, you want to pay attention to what's going on in other people and see where the processing is done. And I'd say this for yourself. If you can feel that you're still kind of choked up, you need to process. When we rush over the processing of shame, we rush through the deep cleansing 
that God wants us to do. In John 15, 2, Jesus says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. To allow the Holy Spirit in to truly take away dead branches and to prune our trees, we need to allow him into the tree. We need to allow him to abide and give him the deep pain of our shame. I want you to pick something from your past that you can go deeper in. I will choose the narrative of me being in college and missing my mom and needing to talk to her. I'm going to use that as my example. I see myself as a college student. My mom's at work and she's busy and she says stressfully, what do you need? In this moment, I feel shame because I'm an insecure college student who needs a mommy, but my mommy's too busy. What shame message do you hear for your own story? I believe that I was unworthy and my mom didn't love me. Going deeper is sitting with this feeling of shame in your body. For me, I feel it in my stomach. Where do you feel it in your body? Just notice it. Just get curious. What color is it? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? For me, if it had a color, it would be gray. It tastes like nothing. It smells like an icky industrial smell. It feels hard and cold. What do you feel? I feel hurt. I feel alone. I feel sad. Just notice the hurt and notice the sad. Don't rush it. If you're feeling uncomfortable, that is okay. God is wanting to increase your authority. If I were you, I would look you in the eye right now and I would connect with you and let you know that I see your emotions. I see the pain. I see the hurt. I see the sadness. I would not rush this. Jesus would not rush you. Jesus sits right there with you. I sit in this and I truly see you as you. Allow yourself to feel the emotions. Deep breath. Deep breath. You are enough as you are in your emotions right now. Often others' discomfort with the pain that's in you stops them from truly being empathetic. As I sit in your emotions with you and I see you, I am connecting with your emotions. How does it feel that I'm sitting here with you? I know I'm on a podcast. Try to get over that and let me sit with you. Pretend like I'm sitting in your living room or in your car with you or wherever you are. What I found is that when people feel heard, they feel seen, they feel valued. I haven't gotten to the other side by clearing what God says yet, but we have merely been sitting in pain so far. Isn't that fascinating? You actually feel valued by someone sitting in your pain. I want you to think about people in your life who have had big emotions and you maybe perhaps didn't respond to them with empathy. Get a little curious. Why do you think you weren't empathetic back to them? Was it your own discomfort of how they were feeling, of what they were showing you? Were you afraid that they would stay in that pain if you acknowledged it? Did you not have faith that God would move through them? It could be perhaps that they actually show up like that often. You kind of lost faith that God can move through them because they act like that a lot. How can we move through this? How do we get better at moving through our shame? 
Because when we do, God actually cleanses us and he forgives us. It's what the cross was for. So really, it is safe for us to expose our shame to the Holy Spirit. The shame and the condemnation is actually what separates us from God. He's there to flip it and he's there to move us to something different. But if we don't allow ourselves to really be raw and honest before him, we don't allow the power of the gospel to work. And I think sometimes our little brain just doesn't understand how this works. And so we just think, oh, I'm just going to do what feels better. This is what I've done. But it's important for us to learn how to improve at shame resilience. Learn how to actually recognize when it shows up. The first thing to do, we need to learn how to get curious. We need to feel the feelings. This means looking in our five senses about shame and seeing it almost as like it's outside of ourself. Like, hmm, I am curious that Mr. Shame is note just started to come and hang out with me. It's like you see it as this outside thing saying, hey, I'm coming to hang out with you and tell you all sorts of horrible things about yourself. When we're curious, we don't rush through getting over the feelings. Invite the Holy Spirit to be there with you, to allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you. The second one is to use empathy. This is towards ourselves and others. When we can use empathy towards other people, that means that we're actually in touch with our own emotions. And that does take some strength to be able to do that. So how do we do that? How do we use empathy? How do we get better at this? I'm going to use Teresa Wiseman's definition of this. The first one she talks about is perspective taking. It's being able to see the perspective of the other person. So you get out of your own perspective and into theirs. Really just put yourself in their shoes, being able to see, okay, I can see that you're feeling sadness and I understand. Number two is stay out of judgment. So this is allowing them to basically just be wherever they are at. Sometimes we don't realize that we're judging other people because we're saying, oh, you can't be that way or you can't feel that way. Staying out of judgment is, I see that you're angry and I understand that you're angry. My judgment could be, I don't like that you're angry. You don't need to be angry. That's stupid that you're angry. Why are you angry at me? That's judgment. It's not allowing them to actually have their feelings when really people are feel their feelings. Us judging it really just makes it worse and it doesn't make them feel heard or seen. Being able to let go of taking things personal and just allowing someone to have their own emotions can actually move them through those emotions. Just like with you, it can move you through something when someone's like, oh yeah, you get to be angry. I see you. It's all right. I get it. And you're not going to stay there for that long because you're heard and seen. Number three is recognize the emotion. This is probably one of the things that we kind of mess up the most and it's because of our own discomfort. We see somebody really sad. Let's say they went through a miscarriage and maybe we've never experienced a miscarriage before. So we look at that and we're like, oh, I don't know how to comfort them. And we go into our own discomfort of, I don't know how to comfort them. But when you look at them, what emotion do you recognize? And there's sadness and there's grief. Have you experienced loss before? Yes, maybe you've lost a grandparent or maybe you've lost a parent or somebody else in your life. You know what it's like to experience sadness, pain, and grief. That you can recognize. So it's being able to see the emotion in it, not the experience. And number four is communicate the emotion. I see that you're feeling sad. Wow, you really are feeling sad. It's okay. I'm right here with you. Another example is, oh, wow, I see that you're really angry with me. I get it. I see it. Don't try to push it away or try to change the other person by saying, don't be angry with me or don't be sad. Or here's another thing we'll often do. You're okay. You're okay. And we're doing it to comfort other people. 
But the reality is you're actually negating the emotions that they're feeling. When you step into their emotion, they can actually move through it and process it and get to the other side of it instead of go through a place of, I'm not okay to be me. When you say, oh, you're okay, versus, oh, it's okay, I feel that you're sad. It's all right that you're sad. I'm right here. I'm right here in your sadness. That is much better than, oh, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Really, saying you're going to be okay is wonderful and very nice, but it doesn't actually allow them to move forward into processing it. So we need to be able to sit in the tough emotions with ourselves and with other people. And then the next thing that we need to do to be able to improve at recognizing our shame is ask Holy Spirit. As you are experiencing your emotions, ask the Holy Spirit in and feel your feelings with God. This is really how that cleansing, this is like the power of the cross. It's really where the rubber meets the mat, that we feel pain and we're in a tough experience and we ask the Holy Spirit to come in and comfort us. So this is crying with the Lord, venting to the Lord, struggling with something like you're just completely vulnerable and real. Sometimes for me, I'll have this like big dramatic negative thought that I think is so horrible. And then when I feel heard from the Lord, I'm able to hear the truth. And it's almost like that negative thought is it's just gone. Like, it's like, that was silly. Why was I just focusing on that so much? And so if I go back to share the example about my mom, when I was in college and I was believing a lie that my mom doesn't love me and I'm not worthy of her time. Here's what I heard when I was able to spend time with the Lord. I heard my mom absolutely loves me. She does have time for me, just not at that moment. She was at work at the time that I called and she was busy and that's okay. If I would call her at home that night, she would then have time for me. Also, the other thing I heard was a bigger revelation for me is that my mom actually has faith in me and believes in me. She doesn't think that I need to call her to survive college. She believes in me and knows that I can conquer anything. It's almost like she's saying to me, you got this girl, you got this college thing. Her not always hanging on the phone with me actually created an increased confidence within myself that I could do anything. Honestly, this has really been huge for me. This revelation was so powerful. I bought a townhome when I was 23 and I rented it out to some family and friends. I started a business at 29 and now I have over 20 people working for me in three locations. And again, I'm not saying this to like say I'm amazing. This is all for God's glory. He was able to do that through me. I want to point out that what shame was trying to say about me and say to me that my mom doesn't love me, she doesn't have time for me, and I am unworthy, that the opposite of that and what God showed me was that I am to conquer the world and I can do whatever I put my mind to. Can you see this? Can you see how God literally flipped the shame that I experienced on its head? It's still okay for me to want to talk to my mom. I'm not negating the original desire. That is okay. But now I don't have a lie that I'm not loved. I know that I'm loved. I just need to ask for what I need. What is the revelation that you need to hear from God about your own shame story. The last thing that we need to do to improve being able to be shame resilient is to share our story. Remember that shame likes to be kept secret. We need to talk about it and get it out and share it with others. Make sure that it's someone who will show you empathy and truly listen to you and honor you for you and not try to fix or change you. 
What happens when we share our story is that change actually starts to happen. God gives us revelation, just like what I shared to you, as we speak it out. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast in all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Journaling is okay to do this, but I really want to encourage you to speak out your shame story with someone else because there is something that gets unlocked when we share it with someone else. There is a movement that happens. I know people we've had and groups that we've had at our mental health agency and and clients that I've had is that they're super, super nervous to share like a really tough story and you can see that they want to share it but are very hesitant. We don't force it, but when they finally do, it's like a weight was lifted. And there's huge transformation just by the power of sharing their story. And so I really want to encourage you, if there's something that you've been holding back, get it out. Speak it out. Sitting in the emotions is how the weaknesses allow the power of Christ to rest upon us. So what we often do is we rush through the weaknesses, the shame, the pain, because we just can't stand feeling it. The other thing we do is we try to be God and we control other people because we're afraid of what will happen to our loved ones. Do you trust God? He will show you his power. You need to be brave and feel. When you do this, the Holy Spirit will reveal his truth and power to you, just like what I shared about myself. Shame resilience is moving towards recognizing and asking for what you need. We can't blame other people when we don't even know what we need in the first place. Here's what I need. I need to just show me that you love me. I need to spend time with you. Here's how you can support me. This is why it's important. Shame needs to heal between other people. You can't do it alone. You are not alone. We can't hide. Even if you are a manager or a leader or a public figure, don't believe the lie that you have to keep it all together. You will be more effective in leadership when you rumble through the shame. Trust God. The Holy Spirit is such a beautiful friend and as gentle as you walk through the shame. You need to do your own shame work. Don't be afraid of it. You will get the answers once you feel and go through it. So allow yourself to feel the pain. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this opportunity to talk about a difficult topic. In Christine Kane's book, Unashamed, she says that God's light is tender, not harsh. As you trust in him with your pain, God will gently shine his healing light on all your wounds. He is for you, not against you, and will never shame you or humiliate you. See, shame does not come from God. That kind of treatment is not in his nature. God is good, he is merciful, and he is kind. He didn't cause your pain, but he's ready to help you through it. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Come shed your light on the pain of the listeners right now. Help them to step into a place where they have never been before. Help them to trust you at a deeper level they have never been to. God sees the hurt that you experienced as a kid. He saw the times you wanted attention and love and didn't get it. It's not that you're not worthy. He is sorry and he is sad to see you hurt. God is with you in your pain. God sees the abuse whether it was physical, sexual, emotional, or spiritual abuse. He sees it all. He sees the neglect, the bullying, the times when you hurt others because you didn't understand the pain you had inside. He sees the judgments you've had towards others 
and the judging that you have received. He sees racism that you've received and the racism you've given. He loves you. He's right there. Feel your feelings and don't try to make them go away quickly. Notice the urge to want to run and hide. That is okay. You are brave and you are bold. He is with you in your anger. He's with you in your offenses towards other people who are different and don't think that they like you. He sees you when things are idols over him. He is with you when you fight with your spouse or your family. He's with you when you've yelled at your kids. He is with you when you weren't chosen, when you were forgotten, when your voice was silenced, when you didn't get the job, when you didn't get the promotion, when you were ignored, when you were made fun of every single moment. Holy Spirit, show them why they are seen. Show them how your power is made perfect in their weakness. Show them your power. Show them your glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for seeing us just as we are. Thank you that we don't need to change. Thank you that we trust you to give us wisdom and revelation. We yield to you to let you into our broken heart. If God is touching you right now and healing your heart, stay in that place and let him. Press pause and let him do the surgery that he needs to do in you. Holy Spirit, fill us. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. We know that darkness has covered the earth and darkness has covered the people, but the Lord rises above us and your glory appears upon us. Isaiah 61. You are the God of our lives and you shed your blood to cover all of the shame and flip it. Ephesians 6.12 says that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because Jesus died for us and we say yes. We now operate from heaven to earth. God, give your listeners now their own revelation of the light that you put in them. Help them to see what you see in them. Speak life into the listeners right now. Give them special words. Fill them with your glory and your power. You are the light of the world. You are not meant to be hidden. You are not meant to be silent. You are meant to shine. You are meant to speak. You are meant to build. You are meant to love. You are meant to lead, to parent, to write, to create, to adventure, to travel, to save, to heal, to protect. We thank you, God, that we are each uniquely designed for your special purpose and destiny. We thank you, Lord, for aligning us with heaven as we move forward in victory and take what was used to harm us for good. That Romans 8.28 says, In all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We pray all of this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Now, if this episode stirred things up for you, make sure to continue your time with the Lord or find a trusted person to talk to. Don't shut down what God is doing in you just because it is painful. That does not mean there's something wrong with you. It means that you are real and you are human. Please don't walk through pain alone. You are so important, special, and loved. I honor you for the work that you did. Thank you, brave one. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.